hamster with a blunt penknife would do it quicker. Welcome back to uh, Hamster with a Blunt... Oh, sorry, I went very high then. Hamster with a Blunt Pen Knife, <laughs> Doctor Who Commentary Podcast. Mr. Daniel Knight, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah. Um, enjoying myself immensely. It's great fun. Um, yeah, I'm loving this. Isn't it nice to have a, a genuinely positive conversation about Doctor Who? It is. It is. I, I, it's Yes, it's nice to have a conversation about dog two where the other person's eyes don't glaze over and and you know is it is that is that the regular effect that you have you get then there's there's the joke about in my family that i was on holiday in belgium with my parents and uh my mum said oh i fancy a waffle to which my dad replied daniel tell your mother everything you know about doctor who (laughs) (laughs) yes i'm i'm I could I could have Doctor Who as my mastermind subject and and win quite easily probably as is, I'm sure a lot of people on these podcasts with you could. Is as there I'm sure a, you could. like a, a a social circle of Doctor Who fans where you are or clubs or? I don't think so. No, no, it's just me. Oh, don't say that. You break my heart. I, no, but I mean, there's people on on Twitter that you can interact with and. Um, uh, as I said, I, I, I found out about your podcast through Matt Michael, who I follow on Twitter, and he does his daily um, episode uh, blog, which is really good. And um, Yeah, there's no hint of him being a kinky git on that, is there? Well, I'm, having heard the time in the Rani the other day, I've, yeah, like I said, I had to put a, a, a cloth over the hamster's cage because mm. it's there, his blushes. I think that one was a bit of an education for everybody, almost, um, including me when I heard it back. <laughs> um, but the, I think one really nice side effect of this podcast is um, it's been like a lot of different guests. So I've had, you know, probably 40 guests on now, 40 to 50. And that's formed like a small community on on Twitter. And they're all talking to each other about the episodes and, and the content and the stories. And some of them are meeting up and it's just amazing how some something like this where i figured i'd just be begging people to do this because i thought well, the bloody hell's gonna want to sit and do a commentary over a doctor story with me that, that and then that's kind of formed a small community i think that's kind of wonderful in a way i think yeah a, a lot of the, the majority of doctor who fans if you if you sit down and chat with them we all like doctor who we, you know, we're not going to slag it off just for the sake of it. We we enjoy watching it. Yes, we enjoy some stories more than others. Yeah. There are some stories we love. There are some stories we we don't love so much. There are stories that we find absolutely irritating. But by and large, it's something we enjoy. And it's and when you when you share something like this, it's just nice to to sort of bounce ideas off each other. And even if you don't agree with the other person, there's a there's a sort of you know you can sort of agree to differ and i i don't think i don't think we're taking it too seriously mm. i hope we're not taking it you know too seriously and, and we're having fun i think that's the thing about it. it's it's such a fun program to watch i, I think when it gets fun that's when the fun stops and it gets a bit too serious when i'm in the room i don't think you can take anything that seriously if i was <laughs> Um, it is an alien who travels in time and space in a, a, a spaceship that's shaped like a police box. What's, what's it makes me laugh that? when people go, "Well, the science in that episode was ridiculous." You know, I can't buy that, and I'm like, 
but you can buy a spaceship that's bigger on the inside than the out with a man with two. I'm like, okay, well, that's weird double standards, but all right. Uh, you said something then. Now I've got a question for you because we've oh. been hugely positive uh, so far in this. Um, so come on in. Name a classic and a new Doctor Who story that irritate you. <sighs> okay. A classic story yeah. that's, that's, that will probably have a lot of people going, goodness me, how could he choose that one? Is The Demons. Oh, interesting. How come this? I I didn't watch it on transmission. I saw it when it was repeated in the early 90s. And a few months before that, they repeated The Sea Devils, which I think is a brilliant story and very well directed and some really good characters, great acting. The master's brilliant. And John Pertwee's brilliant. Katie Manning's brilliant. I watched The Demons and I, it's, it's, it's such a, a hugely popular story. And was always sort of very highly regarded and oh it's the pinnacle of Doctor Who and I just couldn't help but be disappointed. I thought some of the acting was very ropey. One of the major things I have about against the story is I don't like the characterization of the Doctor. I think he's an unbearable oh. arse. He's such a pompous twit. <laughs> and there's the scene with the with the with the when he does the 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 um in part three oh, where he does yeah. the, the slideshow and then joe says something that the brigadier was going to do and the doctor had already told the brigadier off and he he's really he's really nasty to her i say and that's through, that's peak, oh, really peak but we prick that is <laughs> that's him um although I, my friend my friend pete has a theory about that right he has a theory that the doctor's deliberately portrayed as a prick and the masters deliberately portrayed in a very charming way mm. so the climax makes sense that when the the uh, go with this all right because he's, he's got weird theories my mate but he's amazing um uh, so when the demon self-destructs at the end um it's because he thinks the doctor's the villain of the show because he's such a prick and, and that's his logical thing that he's offered. He's offered this amazing gift to the villain of the show. And the doctor says no. And then he said, that's his, that's his theory. Okay. Um, yeah, that was my reaction pretty much when he told me. But yeah. Okay. What about the new series? The new series. Oh, a story that really irritates me. Mm. Apart from in the forest of the night, obviously. <laughs> I, I would have to say the woman who lived. Oh, terrible, isn't it? I I didn't I didn't really yeah, it, it, it was such an obvious story. It, it's basically what's it who's the actress? Um, Maisie Williams. I I wasn't very I think I, I found it quite an obnoxious character. And throughout the episode, she says, I'm, I'm me and I'm not going to change. And then at the episode, she changes her mind. And it, it, it was yeah. so obvious that was going to happen. And I, I don't know, I just didn't get it. I, there's a lot of that series that I, I find a bit frustrating to watch. But, and I, and it, it didn't, I wasn't very happy that she turned up again and again later on in the series. And I thought, I, I, I don't know. I just found her a very irritating character. 
I only wanted to ask that question just to because I think you can go too far the other way as well. I think you can you can be in that kind of glow of love of Doctor Who. You can be too too positive as well and and not aware of some flaws that are there. And you know, there this is flawed. Destiny of the Daleks is flawed. Oh yeah. I'd say yeah, David Goodison's Davros is not the best that we've ever had um and i do want to talk about davros but perhaps we should skip into episode three yes of course. and i will hit yep. you with that question okay let's go let's go so my davros question for you is this mm-hmm. is this the weakest davros or if it isn't do you think this is a, like a successfully portrayed Davros? I don't know if it's if it's a successful Davros. It, the writing probably isn't as good as Genesis. So, and I don't. He doesn't have the the, the menace that Michael Wisher has. Um. So he's 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 very sort of understated but i don't think it's i don't think it's a bad performance i think just because michael wisher is is the definitive davros and you listen and you you watch that story and you're absolutely transfixed it doesn't help that the mask doesn't quite work he's got um, like a weird scabby mouth hasn't he it's really yeah. and he, he hasn't got the he hasn't got the the legs for Davros, if that makes sense. He's he's you can tell you can tell he's obviously you know yeah trying to merge himself along with his feet. Whereas Michael Wisher sort of glided along. Perhaps if if they'd done if he'd done what um, Michael Wisher did and rehearsed with a paper bag over his head to get an idea of the character, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I I, I get a sense of an actor struggling inside the mask. Yes. Um, interestingly, a friend of mine met uh, David Goodison not at a Doctor Who convention, but um, away from like any kind of Doctor Who event, and he was like, "Oh, you know, you were Davros," and David Goodison went, "Yes, I was the worst Davros." So he's oh. he's kind of aware of what fan circles think of him, which is oh, not great, is it? Because <laughs> I met David Goodison once. I was because I used to be a funeral director, and he turned up. At, he turned up later at the funeral, and I very sadly recognised him. I didn't ask him about Davros. I didn't ask him about Doctor Who, but I did say, oh, "I'm sorry, do I know you, sir?" He said, "Oh yes, I'm. 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 I'm an actor. I'm. I'm my name's Mr. Goodison, David Goodison. I'm. I'm so sorry. Yes, please go. Probably very unprofessional, but he was. No, I didn't. I didn't dare ask him about Davros because he probably would have thought, "Oh no, not a weird, another <laughs> another Doctor Who fan." But uh, I don't know if he's the worst Davros. I think sometimes I think Terry Malloy is his because he did three performances as Davros. Yeah, I think he's very over the top in Resurrection. I think he's very good in Revelation, and I think he hams it up totally in in Remembrance. And yet, you know, if you listen to him in the 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 Sixth Doctor Big Finish story, Dav, uh, Davros. It is the most compelling performance that anyone did as Davros. I think he's terrific yeah. in it. But I think that that comes with time and kind of thinking about how to play the role over time. Maybe looking back and saying, "Okay, I did well there. I didn't do well there." 
Now, we see Aguero's hand, the, the Mavellan's hand moving in a similar way to Davros at the end. of. Do you think that's a direct, a, a deliberate directorial touch to show that, oh, another hand, oh, her hand's moving. She's alive as well. I think so. Yeah, definitely. Been, and I think, no. I think for the kids, you need visual markers like that to kind of point things out sometimes. All of this, this is, see, this is very camp. He's pushing Davros around like a dodgem. Yes. So that's kind of quite funny. And then we're about to massacre a load of slaves. And that's very serious. And that's a kind of jarring tone there. But probably pushing Davros around diminishes his power as a character. Yeah. Doesn't it really? Because that wouldn't have happened in Genesis, would it? No. Yeah. No. You didn't do that very well, did you? <laughs> it's so naughty. But I'm almost willing to bet that that was Tom Baker saying, "Oh, I'm going to push you around. You know, let's have a yeah. let's have a jolly." Oh, I, I tell you what, Ken, I've got a great idea. Um, uh, why don't I just push him around? Yes. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Oh, well, you could take it. You could take it or leave it. I don't. Think so. If Ken Greaves says no, going. Tom Baker's like, "Well, I'm not going to do the washing up tonight then." In that flat we share. Uh, <laughs> If they, if Tom Baker and Ken Greve never shared a flat, I do apologise if I'm offering out misinformation. It's like it's like the story about uh, that Michael Hayes tells about Douglas Adams, who was down on his luck and needed to buy some shoelaces because his shoelaces broke, and he had no money whatsoever. This is pre-hitchhikers, and yeah. he borrowed money off of Michael Hayes's son, his pocket money to go and buy some shoelaces. I hope he paid them back in kind. Huh? Oh, I hope so. I don't think we ever learn the outcome of that. But So they try and do Dr. Davros scenes, though, don't they, here? Yes. He does have the stillness of Wishes, Davros. Like, he's not overly animated. But also in this scene, Tom isn't the serious tom that he was in genesis there's a bit of larking around yeah but i do think when when people start dying he's definitely serious like he's really trying to stress the drama he goes he, he goes serious again do you believe your puny efforts can change and i like the fact that um the story positions these two um as the humanoid characters as the ones that can break the impasse between the daleks and the mavellans it makes both the doctor and the Dav and davros like pivotal to the story yeah and also possibly hints that they're sort of equals how they're they're, yeah. they're equals in 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 character and that, that you know or could also possibly be sort of opposites in a way in, in a similar way to the doctor and the master being sort of rivals and it's almost a shame uh that when davros comes back in resurrection of the daleks it's like oh well the, the mavellan virus has been created that's that over yeah. and done with you know <laughs> you just want to see more disco aliens 
wow did you hear that he was he was like um the daleks left you for dead centuries ago like yeah, very serious he has that those you know those moments of silliness and then he goes really dark really really serious I, I feel like I feel like you just said something then that skipped straight over my head. What did you say? Sorry, what did I say? I can't remember. What did I... I don't know. You said uh, you just want aliens that are like completely. Oh, yeah, you just want disco aliens. Oh sure. In yeah. the Resurrection of the Daleks. Could you imagine Ruler Lenska in Resurrection of the Daleks with dreadlocks? For sure, yes. <laughs> Ruler Lenska, she's a queen. She could pull off anything. A friend of mine, David, met her recently. Man, she talked very fondly about being in that. And you know, she she's did. still like stunning. She's stunning. She looks beautiful. Did you see that POV oh shot then? Yeah. Through the Daleks, yeah. Now, I. Is it this bit? I I don't know if it's it's really oh. So the Daleks there, they're trying to climb. I I don't know. I don't quite get the shot of this because it's you don't see Tyson climbing around by the Dalek, and then you see the Dalek shooting at Tyson. So I don't know. If, this is a bit. This is a bit confusing for me. I don't know. What just in how it's shot? Yeah, because. If the Dalek's turning around, the Dalek can see Tyson climbing up there now. So why doesn't he shoot him straight away? Well, I mean, they're a bit rubbish, aren't they? It's like hiding in plain sight. Yeah, that's that's not the best plan in the world, is it? I'm, I'm going to distract by a hell of an explosion, though. That is a good explosion, isn't it? The mouth doesn't look quite right either. Looks no. like he's sucking a lemon. I mean, I was going to say something obscene, but we'll go with sucking a lemon. <laughs> it's more like a fungal growth around his mouth. It looks desperately unpleasant. It does. It, Davros, what have you been up to, honestly? Still, never mind. He can just open his eyes now, can't he? Oh, I didn't like that. Did you like that? No. I didn't. I didn't mind the scenes between him and Capaldi, but I really didn't like yeah. that. Bit the eyes. It was like, oh no, don't no. That's that's just daft. What annoyed me was the pair of them. It was a it was a cheat on both their parts. They were both lying to each other, weren't they? So anything that was within those scenes, which felt like them connecting, weirdly yeah. after all this time, was all a fake. I was like, oh, Stephen Moffat. Sorry. But it does go back to the, you know, the idea of the Doctor and Davros being equals and opposites, and yeah, like at, at their best, they bring the best out of each other, like for the show, don't they? Maybe this isn't quite either of them at their best. No. It's really interesting to contrast this to Genesis, though, isn't it? Where he started off and he was trying to impress Tom Baker and the show was taking itself very seriously. He skipped forward six years and things have really changed, haven't they? Mm -hmm. You're misquoting Napoleon. I'm guessing that's a, that's a Douglas out of the difference. 
Oh, this is great. I like it when he goes, if you come any closer, it's Boom Boom Davros. Boom Boom Davros, yes. <laughs> Oh, I can't. You know, I'm desperate to see these extras die. Oh, that sounds awful, but it's so funny. But on paper, this is very tense. Like it would, it should be. Yes, it should be. You should. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's Tom not taking it seriously or. In fact, you know, one of those Daleks could pick off the Doctor without hurting Davros, I'm sure. If they are supposed to be, you know, the, the, the best killing machines in the universe, then yes, you would imagine so. But then that no, one... A shot. You could... That one couldn't hit Tyson when he was literally climbing a rock face a minute ago. So maybe these Daleks just aren't that great. They're like... You, you remember the B-Arc in Hitchhiker's Got... These are the B-Arc Daleks. B-Arc Daleks. Yeah. Ah, right. They're the ones that they all sent off and went, oh, quick, get rid of them. They're rubbish. Where's Romana off yeah. to? Yeah, they weren't even... What's nice about having a spaceship that buries itself on impact means you can have a physical spaceship there that doesn't yeah. have to be that big. No. It's very clever. Lala's doing her. I've just come. Run, I've just been running off a set over a sand dune acting. <laughs> she's she's still got her heavy breathing. Oh, I've just remembered the cliffhanger to this episode as well. The cliffhanger to this episode is really good too, where she's inside the chair. Yeah. Yes. So the Mavellans have come for Davros because because they know the Daleks have come for Davros and he'll break the Empaths, right? I think that's the yes, yeah, yes, that's it. That extra there look is uh, saddled with a draconian costume. Yeah. Uh, what else have we got here? What? That, what the hell is that guy at the back? With like the tea cozy on his head and the hula hula thing oh, yeah. around his neck. Oh man, watch this. Look, he's laughing. Yeah, it's like, okay. Still, it's it's not as bad as the as the supporting artist in Parting of the Ways in the scene where all the Daleks go down onto floor zero to shoot Patterson Joseph and all those people. There's one extra there and she's got a stupid grin on her face. <laughs> Once you've seen it, it really spoils that scene. No, I'm sorry. The best, the best extra dying is Gita from EastEnders in the Stolen Earth. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think I think it's partly Tom Baker and it's partly the direction here that's that's a little bit of fault. Because like what Ken Grieve should be saying is, you guys are terrified. Give me terrified, yes. otherwise you're not getting your pittance for today's work. I, I do wonder, would they have the bit with, because Genesis was quite criticised for being quite violent and there's a lot of death in it and when people in, in, in that story get shot, they scream and it, it looks really agonising. Mm. I wonder if that was sort of deemed too scary and they were told to tone it down. I don't know. Potentially. And but there's toning it down and there's, there's 
there's that, which is basically, oh, I'm just going to fall down here yeah. with a smirk on my face. I think, and as well, Williams was told to tone the show down anyway, wasn't he, when, mm. when yeah. he came in. And there's, there's like, because there's a fair amount of death in this, isn't there? Um, there's, there's a fair amount of, on paper, scary moments. Yeah. Look at that guy there. He's so happy. Oh, we're free. Yeah. Let's just pick up all the corpses and we'll be out of here. <laughs> Watch them. <laughs> They're so happy. They've all got grins on their faces. Like they've... they've literally just faced death, you know. You're kind of thinking, Ooh. yeah, we didn't like these two anyway. We're glad they're shot. We're glad they're dead. I do like it when Tom Baker shouts. Did you hear that? He was like, get back. Oh, have we missed back off? I, uh, I'm don't, not sure. Yes, I think we have where he says back off, which I think is, is meant to say back off, but. Tom Baker's being Tom Baker. Yeah. I'm sorry, Boom Boom Davros is hilarious. Totally in him, whether he's being silly or whether he's being serious. <laughs> oh my god, doesn't he just wipe out two Daleks now? He gets the two Daleks to take the bomb off him, and yep. they both blow up. Mm -hmm. He's ruthless, I'm telling you. Oh, see, there's another scene in a minute. I think it's in this episode where he finds the mutant and he's like yes. holding it up and, and dangling it. Making it with his hand. Yeah. Daniel, you cannot give me an opening like that. All right. I'm trying here, all right? I'm, I'm trying to restrain myself. The... the um. The, the the blue thing that's in Davros's head is the inference there that, that that's holding his head together. Oh, the blue thing at the back? Yeah. Possibly. But he's wobbling along there, isn't he? Yeah. It's like... It's... <laughs> <laughs> he's, um... he's been asleep for ages. He's excited to be up. All right. Yes, that's true. Look at me, I'm awake. Or maybe, I don't know, he's got some disco music playing. And he's like, you know, just having a little bop along. <laughs> oh, hello. Oh. Now, that, the, the, the Mavellan that's just shot Lala Ward is Suzanne Danielle, who at the time was well known for her appearance in... Uh, the Carry On film, Carry On Emmanuel. Oh, really? Yes. Have you seen it? I've seen a handful. So we used to watch them on like bank holidays, but only only a few. No, was she good it in it? The last one. It was, it, it's it's really not a very good. I love a good Carry On film, but Carry On Emmanuel is not a good Carry On film. So like, I think my favourites are Screaming, Up the Kyber. I really liked. Um, Carry on, Doctor. That's fine, isn't yeah. it? I really like that one. Um, but like the obvious ones, you know. What was what was the one in the Far East? Was that like that one? Was, carry... was no, that ca or was there... hmm. or carry on, follow that camel? Oh, maybe. Now is this Play Doh or is it? 
Is it something from the BBC canteen? I don't know, but it looks incredible fun to play with. That's like a stress aid. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? It is. And actually, they do a homage to this in the new series when David Tennant finds that mutant in Daleks in Manhattan and he picks it up and starts like manipulating yeah, it. Yeah. Manipulating it, yes. So they're testing out this device, what to see, because they, they're going to destroy Scarrow, right? Yes. And this is sort of like a, a device that they're, they're putting it in the tube so it will contain the explosion. I mean, that's a wonderfully, Although, wonderfully cheap way of doing it. Long yeah. enough to contain a fart, let alone an explosion. Just putting a tube in a quarry. That's like, it's a bomb testing site. It's a tube in a quarry. But I, something happens in part four. I think this, um, it, this starts to gather momentum and there's some like really nice action in part four. And I think you're going to tell me the Daleks wobbling over the sand dunes is ineffective. And I may disagree with you. They're just, they're just copying Davros. <laughs> I think Tom Baker could literally make anything entertaining. He, he, yeah. I mean, the, it, we've got um, terrific, like, racial representation in this. Mm, which I is was just about to say this. Yeah. A, a massive pro. They're mm -hmm. basically villains, which is a massive con. Yeah. And they're, in, and they're in dreadlocks. Silver dreadlocks. And Lycra. And they're all really, really beautiful. Like, that's the idea, though, isn't it? That they're supposed to be very yes. beautiful robots. They're beautiful, yeah. But there's a bit later on, and it's both wonderful and terrible. It's wonderful because it's really ghoulish, and it's terrible because it's when Romana kicks his arm, or, uh, and, yeah, and the arm just the arm. comes off. Make sure the seals are like, how can they be good at fighting with a little kick like that? <laughs> <laughs> and their power packs are, are really... But again, that's the Terry Nation thing, isn't it? Sort of the sort of a very obvious flaw to the character or to the to the to the to the monster. It changes Interesting as well. A lot of the time yeah. in episode three, the exposition hits. So kind of like what the story's about. That doesn't happen until episode four in this story. So we, we learn about the Ampass and all of that in episode four and why the Doctor and Davros are needed. Episode three is the standoff. It's, you know, Romana being captured. It's unusual. Well, I mean, introducing Davros at the end of episode two gives episode three a bit of new life, doesn't it? Yeah, it sort of gives sure. it a bit more, oh, we've got Davros, so there's a new element to, to throw into the mix. And then in part four, usually there's some excitement and some action and, yeah, we're wrapping things up, so things are building to a climax. So in terms of, like, pacing, this story does pretty well, I think. Yeah, it's it's a good it's it it's not boring, is it? This no. story you can't one thing you can't accuse it of is of, of being boring. Ah, oh, see that there's some really nice direction here as well. Yeah, and again, no music. No, but maybe because you can see from Tom's expression, he knows that it's you know it's serious. You can. And we've um, seen. 
the Nova device can do in the previous scene. So we know there's jeopardy and that sort of the, the noise of the clock ticking down. It's yeah, it's very effective. Well, yeah, I agree. And you can tell that he's definitely got a steady cam in this because he's doing lots of <laughs> like yeah, tracking like, shots. The, the camera's moving pretty yeah. much constantly. But I, I think that's something that that is something wonderful about Doctor Who is that over time you're watching the evolution of television over in the classic series over 25 years and the technical developments in that time CSO coming in, Steadicam coming in, Scene Sync coming in in season 18, um, come Time of the Rani, they're like painting the skies. Yeah, is it Paintbox? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the, the the McCoy title sequence, which was like the first CGI title sequence, I think that's yeah. wonderful. Like the fact that you get to watch that progression over time. Okay, so where where do you reckon that cliffhanger falls? Do you think do you think that's a that is that a is that a stinker or is that a triumph? No, I I definitely remember that as a, as watching that as a kid and thinking how are they going to get out of that. But I, I don't know, because I, I'm thinking about it. I remember I thought the cliffhanger came, came when the doctor shot, but that's actually a few seconds into episode two, uh, episode four. Oh, so okay. I don't know. Well, you know what J&T would say to that, don't you? What's that? The memory cheats. 